informed Chris and Roberta that the remains were positively identified as that of Brian. Can you bring us through, because I didn't get to talk to you yesterday, what happened? Chris went in about the bag, the dry bag. Can you explain that to me? I didn't, you told CNN, but I didn't get it. So I don't know what happened. So beginning at the, at the morning, which was Wednesday, um, Wednesday morning. Wednesday morning. Yep. So Wednesday morning, Chris and Roberta went to the reserve. The, it's actually the Mayakahatchee Environmental Creek Park. They went there to search for Brian now that the park was open. They were accompanied by two law enforcement personnel. One was uh, local PD, Northport Police Department. The other was an FBI agent. Chris and Roberta walked in. They started walking down the trail. The law enforcement stayed you know, several feet behind. There was a news reporter there with a, with a camera. He was asked to stay 25 feet behind. I'm going to ask you something about this, Ed, because right here I have to stop it. The law enforcement, the FBI and local, this is according to the, to the family attorney, let the laundry family lead into the reserve. What's wrong with that? It, it, it's unbelievable. Uh, that should not have been the case. They should have been side by side. They should have been right next to them so that they can witness uh, everything that was occurring and um, so that they can also give them instructions about what to do and what not to do. What, you know, so that obviously, um, I, I, I don't know what they were thinking, to be quite honest. I would never have allowed that to have happened. Right. If evidence was recovered, let, let, I'm going to I'm going to bring up a New York case. Um, the, the the jogger over in Queens, um, uh, Karina Vitrano. Okay. Howard Beach. All right. right. Howard Beach. Right. So her dad assisted crime scene and homicide detectives with the search for her, his daughter. Mm-hmm. And when he came across, upon her, his daughter in that uh, Spring Creek Reserve. That was what it was called, Spring Creek Reserve, right on the border of uh, Brooklyn and Queens. Mm-hmm. He came upon his daughter's uh, remains, uh, her, her body, actually. And what did he do? He went and jumped on her and grabbed her and started holding her and hugging her. Yes. Uh, that was a huge, huge mistake uh, Mistake by yeah. the investigators. It was a huge mistake um, by himself, but it's human instinct you're, you're, it, you're, it, it is human nature you just see your loved one you come across your loved one you're looking for and you find her dead in that kind of uh situation and you you, you know you can't help but uh do what he did but had law enforcement been with him they could have stopped him from doing that and cross-contaminating or potentially altering or losing uh crucial evidence that were was on that body yeah, absolutely. And Denise Perez, thank you for that $20 super chat. She's a good friend of the Duty Ron Crime Time family. Uh, and a special thank you to her dad. Uh, hugs to her pops. He's a great, great man. I've had a conversation with him a few times. Great, great people. The Perez family, uh, thank you. Um, Denise, yes, I feel the, isn't there a conflict of interest with the relationship between Bertolino and Laundries? Um, if it was to come to criminal charges, uh, which nothing ever came of this, you know, I think that that could probably be something that could be brought up. We are going to do a members only live stream. We have almost 800 members here on Crime Time with Duty Ron, and I thank everybody for becoming a member. Uh, so at three o'clock, I'm going to do a members only live stream with criminal defense attorney Joe Murray. And I don't know if Ed's uh, able to give me that much time today because at three o'clock, I'm going to go three to probably three thirty with a members only live stream. But we are going to talk about things like that. 
if there's a um, if there's a conflict of interest. We're going to talk about that with criminal defense attorney Joe Murray. Um, I have no issues with time today. I'm I'm down in my house in Jersey relaxing. All right, that's a great thing. Great. Hello, four one one. Now, good to see you, Will. Thank you for joining. Uh, let's let the rest of this go. But back on to what we were circling about uh, the laundry family going first, the law enforcement behind them, and then twenty five extra feet for the news crew. A bad, bad setup. A not a good situation. And we also saw early on at the laundry home when reporters, camera crews, civilians, and regular folks were able to come right up to their front door with their cameras while the investigation was ongoing. It was a disaster. And I, hey, we showed that. Ron, can I jump in here a second and say, sure. I don't think they took this family search seriously. They only sent two representatives of law enforcement, one FBI, one a local police officer. There should have been more it, than it's just this dude. Shocking. It's shocking to see this. You know? it, it, it seemed to me like the law, law enforcement had the attitude that uh, this is going nowhere and they're not going to find anything because we've been through here already. We searched this area. Uh, even though they notified, uh, the family notified the FBI that they... day before that they were going to do this. There should have been more law enforcement officers there. And, and it's obvious that you, when you see the video and, you know, even though they didn't control the um, news press either, they let them trail behind by 25 yeah. feet and good, good, good for that. Because then we got to see some of these uh, things that they actually did. And, and, and yeah. I was shocked uh, right. by what I saw. And listen, Ed, you and I are both very, you know, we're not, let's jump on the bash the police bandwagon, but we, and that's not what we're doing here. What we are doing is critiquing techniques and uh, tactics, uh, you know, cr uh, defense. Uh, uh, I, I'm always, I'm always looking to defend the police if they do something right. Right. But if they do something wrong, we got to actually point it out. And contaminating crime scenes is a big, big no, no to get justice and to get to the bottom of what happened. So So if, let's just say for argument's sake, they walk past with the whole crew, with the news crew trailing 25 feet behind, and they miss something. And one of those news crews picks up a piece of an article, as they called it, a piece mm -hmm. of clothing, and say, hey, guys, you missed this, I'm trying to be helpful, but not you, knowing. You know, I, I train um, people doing crime scene searches, and patrol officers as well, civilians as well. Um, I train them. Hold on one second, please. Yeah. Oh, well, that sounds... I like that. I like that. I, I paused it though. I, I muted it. So if you got it, if you got it under control, then I will put you back. But anyways, let, <laughs> let me let me go solo. Uh, somebody sent in a super chat and asked about the wristbands. Uh, send me an email, dutyron um, on dutyron.com. Send me a message on dutyron.com, and I will tell you how to get one. Thank you, uh, Heidi Peep Eyes forty four ten dollars super chat. I apologize. But yeah, that's all you got to do is just send me uh, an email 
on uh, send me a message on dutyround.com. Tell me that you want one of them, and I will um, I'll work it out for you. We'll get it done. I um, I apologize, Ron. Um, you're back. You're back. Yeah, I thought I had uh, muted that, but um, no so if the audience doesn't guess what couldn't guess what that is, it's bagpipes. And, yeah, it was great. I love the I, bagpipes. I do I do play the bagpipes. Uh, so. Oh well, we're gonna have to get you on one day and play. Um, my <laughs> friend Danny Sprague plays the bandpipes. Well, I know, know him well. In yeah. fact, he, he he played at my surprise fiftieth birthday party. He uh, he actually came to both my parents' funeral and played uh, the bagpipes. And my bro my brothers as well. Yes. Yeah, Danny's a good man. Yeah. I, I worked on patrol with him in uh, East New York at PSA too. So yeah, I know the whole family. Yeah, me, me too. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, let's continue on with this interview. Uh, I want you guys to hear this, and let's get through it because it's eleven minutes. So, crime scene one hundred and one, uh, major failure. Major right. Wait. Yeah. This. Let me make that point before that uh, interruption. Okay. When I when I train civilians that are assisting in doing searches for. Uh, evidence and remains or um, fire department, police department, who is, who's ever assisting in these searches. We, I teach them the RAIN principle, R-A-I-N. Recognize an item as possible evidence. Avoid the evidence from yourself, isolate it from others, and then notify the people that are trained to deal with it to come deal with it. Don't touch it. Right. And appa apparently that message uh, never got uh, transmitted to the parents. Yeah, uh, message agreed. Absolutely. All right, let's get the rest of this going. Um, I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. He did, respectfully. As they made their way through the preserve about a mile or so in, um, you know, Chris started to go off the trail and zigzag through the woods, as did the law enforcement personnel. Uh, keeping in mind that this area was completely flooded several weeks ago and inaccessible, uh, Chris was unable at any previous visit to the park uh, to go off the trail that way. He was going off the trail. Chris came across what's called a dry bag. He knew it was Brian's. He saw it was Brian's. He picked it up. I have to go back a step. He didn't want to pick it up. But law enforcement was no longer in his sight because they were in the woods as well. But he didn't want to leave the bag there because the news reporter was behind him as well as other people or members of the public. Chris decided to pick the bag up because he didn't want to leave it. He picked it up. He He's creating a reason and a defense of yes. why his client picked that bag up. In case the folks in the audience are wondering why the attorney saying this, he's protecting his client and saying, and he's actually putting blame on the police. He said the police were nowhere to be found and he wanted to pick it up. So no other reporter picked it up. Just exactly what we were just talking about. Right. And obviously he, they don't have telephone numbers to exchange between the officers and them. Where was his wife at this time? Could he not have stayed there and sent the wife back to go get the, uh, right. the officers? I mean, I'm not buying any of this. Yeah. The fact of the matter is, is if there was some type of controlled search going on and now we're both back, um, the, the police should have had an, an investigative, uh, the investigators should have had a crew there to supervise every person. That's one, right. One or two to be on Roberto, one or two to be on Chris, and um, two or three to be on the reporters that were there. And that didn't happen. So um, exactly, exactly. That's why I said earlier they didn't have, they didn't take it seriously. They didn't have enough police personnel there. Very disappointing. Very disappointing, and, and especially in a magnitude of, of a case like this. Let's let it. Let's let it continue to roll. I want to get through this. walked over to Roberta, who was still on the trail. She confirmed, yes, that is Brian's 
momentarily after that, law enforcement came out of the woods and they too had found some items. It was a backpack. They showed Roberta and Chris a picture of the backpack on the phone. Roberta confirmed it was Brian's backpack. Chris and Roberta were then informed that near the backpack there were remains and that Chris and Roberta would have to leave the park because it was now going to be an investigative scene. Uh, Chris and Roberta left and the rest you know about. Do you believe Brian killed himself? I don't have a belief one way or the other. Um, you know, we're going to wait till we have more information from the medical examiner's office, which I'm told we may have some information tomorrow afternoon. Whether or not it comes tomorrow afternoon or at a later date, you know, we don't want to speculate as to what the cause of death was. You, you're upset about something here. Something is frustrating you. What is that going on generally that, that bothered you? That people don't believe, people believe that they planted it. People believe, don't believe this entire thing. What do you want to make clear? People are entitled to believe whatever they want. That being said, there's a difference between people believing it and people begin being allowed to have a platform to put these, these crazy ideas out there. So literally all day, as you can imagine, my communications have been with members of the press asking me to confirm these nonsensical accusations that the parents have planted something in the park. Even though everyone that has firsthand. Let me ask you, Ed, let's put us, uh, we'll put ourselves back. What's your thoughts about the possibilities of Roberta and Chris Laundrie, the parents of Brian Laundrie, planting somebody, something, evidence in that park? What would you give that on, say, uh, you know, a percentage scale? Uh, you know, I really don't want to speculate about that, but. They were left alone. Let me just put it that way. They were left alone. They had opportunity and they had backpacks. I'm sure they weren't, uh, you know, they weren't tossed. They weren't frisked. I'm sure they didn't search their backpacks. But, you know, that would be very, very risky on their part to try to attempt something like that. with. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. I don't I don't believe I believe that anything is possible. Let me just say this. Anything is possible and stranger things have happened. Mm -hmm. But I would say that that was, that would be not only social suicide, but it would be criminal suicide for them. Mm -hmm. So, um, and, and I hate to use that word because we're talking about potentially their, their son uh, committing suicide. So, and, and remember the media is lurking right behind them. Right. So I would have to say a high probability of no, she definitely had a backpack on. We saw it. It was in plain sight. Uh, if she, if they were going to plant something, she would have it stuffed down like a shoplifter down her pants, or he would have it in, you know, secrete, you know, stuffed somewhere in his drawers or whatever in his pocket, and they would nonchalantly drop it. Uh, they wouldn't put it in a big backpack that could be searched by law enforcement. Uh, so the backpack theory, I don't, you know, as an investigator, I don't go there. Uh, but I say anything's possible. And I don't like to shut the door on anything. So, um, again, we don't know what these items were. There's no, we don't have a, a, a list. We don't have an inventory list of what they recovered. They just listed it as items, right? That's yeah, the dry bag, and they you don't know the contents of it. Correct. And a ba backpack, and you don't know the contents of it. Correct. Um, and, and, and a notebook. Right. Okay, that we do know. All right. We're going to talk a little bit more about the notebook on the members only live stream uh, about the techniques 
And for those of you who are saying, well, I can't become a member and I don't, you know, I do the member live streams for the members. That's the reason people become members to get these exclusive live streams. I'm not saying you have to do it, but I'll uh, become a member, but I'm saying that Ed and I did cover this on a uh, on an open live stream. You talked about the notebook and what the FBI, what they can and can't do um, to get um, that that data. But let's let the rest of this play so we can get through this in this 40 minutes that we have. Knowledge of the search, all the professionals that were in the park have said news reels, the film, the footage, everything shows this park was underwater. The FBI gave a statement and said this area was underwater several weeks ago. News reporters have it on the camera. They've attested that this place was underwater weeks ago. Chris and Roberta walk in with law enforcement, with a news camera, with nothing in their hands. And yet people still think that items were planted. And I'm left here to have to Brush your teeth in less than 10 seconds with this revolutionary toothbrush? And not only do I have to explain it, but I have to explain it to news organizations. Why are you even entertaining this? It's nonsense. And yet it's still out there. And yet, well, the public has questions. Well, the public has questions about UFOs and things of that nature too. I don't see that all over the news. And you could say, well, that's a bad comparison. Maybe it is, <laughs> but they're just as far-fetched in my opinion. When you really think about it, Everyone is saying that has firsthand knowledge that this is a different scenario. Did anybody catch the reporter say, I think it's a fine comparison? Yes. Uh, she said, yeah, that was, she was being, I mean, nobody likes this guy. And it's a fact. I mean, mm -hmm. there's not many people that like this guy, including the news reporters. Uh, Stace, thank you for becoming a member. Um, also, uh, all the new members joining. Let me see if I can grab a few of them. Denise Perez, welcome back. Uh, Sweet P, uh, thank you for joining. Um, a couple of others uh, passed through. Erica, thank you for the super chat uh, and the super sticker. Erica Fours, five dollars. Thank you so much. Um, but yeah, that was um, yeah, quite a quite a exchange, and I'm going to let it keep going so we can get through it. And I'm, I'm just sorry, we we, it, we have to go back. All this could have been avoided. All these conspiracy theories, all this could have been avoided had law enforcement had enough personnel and stayed with these people, didn't let them wander off by themselves. Correct, correct. Mistakes, uh, and these are basic one hundred and ones. But you know, some of these larger, um, some of these smaller police departments do not have the personnel that we were afforded when we were on the NYPD. Welcome in, Lieutenant Pete Pranzo, Harlem Raiders. Thank you for joining. Look, I just want to say I take no pleasure in saying this. No, right? I hate these things. All right, uh, I'm I'm actually you know upset about the whole thing. Um, right, but we would be remiss if we did skip over this, Ed. Mm -hmm. And that's mm -hmm. why you know if you're a straight shooter, you know it, it, you have to point out the obvious. And um, again, I, I, I say this. You know, again, over and over again, it, it hurts me to have to critique these uh, police officers. But when you see what's on the TV and what's being broadcast, it um, it's just basic 101. You just don't do that. You don't. You know, that's, that's it. Like I said, I told you numerous times, forensics doesn't take sides. We call it as we see it. It's right. based on the science. All right. So there are protocols and procedures in place. And the standards just doesn't seem to have been followed here. Yeah. Uh, I agree 100%. All right, let's let the rest of this thing go.
than it was when the FBI was here. You now have access to areas off the trail that you didn't have access before. People have said, well, how do they know exactly where to go? And I'm baffled by that because we've said, and the police have said and confirmed, this was not far from the entrance of the trail. So my thought is, well, did you want the laundries to start in the middle of the trail or did you want them to start in the beginning of the trail? Because anybody who hikes knows you start at the trailhead. You start at the beginning. When we leave our houses in the morning, we start at the beginning and we drive to work or wherever we go. And that might be the end. They started at the beginning of the preserve, at the beginning of the trail, and they worked their way in. Did they describe to you that moment when they found, did Chris Laundrie describe to you the moment when he found that dry bag? He did. What did he say? He said he saw the bag, he saw an item next to the bag, and he immediately looked around for the police. He couldn't see them, whether it was from the brush or whatever, but they weren't far. You have to understand when I say they were all in the woods, they were in an area, they were in close proximity. Emotionally, how he felt. Emotionally, no. I mean, you know, he was obviously, you know, upset when he was communicating to me yesterday about the find. We didn't really talk about it much mm-hmm. today. Um, but when he did find it, you know, there was some, in some sense, a relief. Like, okay, here it is. What we've been saying that Brian is here, here it is. We told you he was here. I can tell you at the end of the day, Chris was very angry. And, and he was angry for lots of reasons, but primarily because he had, and Roberta had said from the very beginning, this is where Brian is. This is where we came to look. This is where the car was. This is where the car was given a citation from Northport PD. How did they miss them? When Chris calmed down, he realizes that what everyone else needs to realize, the FBI and the people who were searching didn't have access to this area as it was underwater. Chris recognizes that he's angry. He's frustrated because this is his child. And now they have to answer questions from people saying, but you planted things there. And imagine how hurtful and, and unbelievable that is to them. How are you? You've known Brian for many, you've known him for years. I've known him since he's a baby. How are you dealing with this? I've known him since he's a baby. Mm -hmm. Um, Interesting. Just, I, I don't know. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, re- I'm wondering uh, Joe Murray's take on this, and I can't wait to do that members-only live stream at 3 p.m. today uh, just to hear what he has to say about this. You know, in and of itself, it's not a conflict of interest for a lawyer to know a client, um, you know, but he's a real estate attorney. Right. And also, too, when it comes down to it, representing someone that you've known since he's a child at a, at a, at a criminal trial as a, as a real estate attorney is just, I would have to say that if he was ever brought to justice, that they would have to, in, the, in their best interest, switch attorneys and get a, 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 a criminal defense attorney, someone who specializes in uh, defending somebody for serious charges. And those would be serious charges if he was brought in. Um, let's let the rest of this play so we can get through it. Kristen, I definitely shed a tear or two today. I, I, I won't lie. I shed a, a tear with uh, the laundries earlier. Um, it's sad. Um, you know, I wasn't friends with Brian. He's 30 years my junior. But ultimately, you know, it is sad to hear. And it's and it, it, it sad for my friends, Chris and Roberto. Yeah. 
anything else we missed you want to make sure people know? Uh, no, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity. And, and I will say that tonight I've given several interviews. Mm -hmm. if, if you wanted to know what I want people to know is I've been a little aggressive tonight. I apologize to those people that were aggressive too. Um, I, I'm upset. I'm angry. And, and I don't feel that Chris and Roberta have been given a fair shake here. Um, there have been so many accusations, so many misinformed people, and the fact that the national press has given them a platform, has has fed this fuel, is it, just is mind-blowing. And people want to bring it back and say, well, this is all about Gabby. And it is. It certainly starts with Gabby. But, you know, there's an old expression, two wrongs don't make a right. There are, there are lots of expressions we can throw out there. But in reality, the fact that the press has allowed pundits, as well as you know, armchair internet warriors and sleuths, whatever you want to call them, let them have their field day on the internet, which is not the real world. But I beg to differ with that. By a show of hands in the chat, put a one if you think this Bertolino is being sincere. Put a two if you feel he is not sincere. I need to see this poll and I need to see it now. Go. Let's hear it. For years. I've known him since he's a baby. How are you dealing with this? Kristen, I definitely shed a tear or two today. I, I, I won't lie. I shed a, a tear with uh, the laundries earlier. Um, it's sad. Um, you know, I wasn't friends with Brian. He's 30 years my junior. But ultimately, you know, it is sad to hear and it, and it, it, it Sad for my friends, Chris and Roberta. Yeah. Anything else we missed you want to make sure people know? Uh, no, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity. And, and I will say that tonight I've given several interviews. Mm -hmm. if, if you wanted to know what I want people to know is I've been a little aggressive tonight. I apologize to those people that were aggressive too. Um, I, I'm upset. I'm angry. And, and I don't feel that Chris and Roberta have been given a fair shake here. Um, there have been so many accusations so many misinformed people and the fact that the national press has given them a platform has has fed this fuel is it, just is mind-blowing and people want to bring it back and say well this is all about gabby and it is it certainly starts with gabby but you know there's an old expression two wrongs don't make a right there are there are lots of expressions we can throw out there but in reality the fact that the press has allowed pundits, as well as you know, armchair internet warriors and sleuths. Stop. Don't give your dentist any more money before you see this. If you or a loved one is suffering from bleeding gums, bad breath, cavities, weak or loose teeth, or suffering through multiple expensive and painful dental procedures, this discovery can not only save your teeth, but your life. Scientists at the National Institute of Dental Research have invented a powerful tart liquid that targets the root cause of decay and can rebuild teeth and gums almost overnight. How is this possible? This liquid contains microscopical healing ingredients that can reach deep inside the gum pockets and between your teeth in a way that was not possible until now. All you have to do is swish this tart liquid in your mouth for 20 seconds. Whatever you want to call them, let them have their field day on the internet, which is not the real world. But for news anchors, to allow these people to bash the laundries, Chris and Roberta, without even questioning the very people that they put on their shows, to me is unbelievable. They just sit there.
Ed, can I just say something here? And uh, I, I got to put this out. Um, he's saying that the news should tell people to stop bashing the laundries. His yeah. clients have said one word since the get-go. Not a statement, not a word since September 1st. Okay, the Gabby Petito reported missing on September 11th. His client, the ones that he is defending right here, has not said one single solid word. So yeah. how does he have a, a, a ground to stand on by saying they should, the national news should be telling these people, how dare you? They've yeah. done nothing wrong. They uh, have done nothing. They've he, done nothing. They've done nothing, period. Well, the news are not the uh, free speech police, all right? And they have no business telling people what to say and what not to say. And, and they should not be getting involved in his case or this discourse. They just report what's, what's being done out there, what's being said out there. And as you said, this family said nothing. Okay. They're, they're all, their whole behavior was not normal. It, it was, as I say, unreasonable. Right. You know, you have a person that lived with you for two years. Their parents are calling you looking for their child and you don't speak to them. I, I'm sorry. Uh, you know, he, yeah. he's he's off the charts with this. Yeah. I mean, uh, listen, I got to go full screen with this. We have a situation where a 22 year old girl who was living at the laundry home for over two years. It's been alleged that it's two and a half years. Their 23 year old son takes the daughter of the Petito and Schmidt family on a cross-country trip in a van and returns home in the middle of that trip. That's red flag number one when he comes home from Utah and flies into Tampa uh, during August and then goes back and then comes home without her and then lays his head down and goes to sleep for 11 days. If the police weren't called by the Petito family, how long would he have left her? He his, in my eyes, his thought process was, let me leave my fiance out in the Wyoming Grand Teton um, uh, dispersed camping area where nobody goes and she'll get eaten, she'll get eaten up and the evidence will be gone. And if I sleep this out long enough, it'll just mm -hmm. go away. I mean, I, I could be a little off on that, but that's my train of thought. And I, I want to just say this. Last Saturday, a week ago today, I did a live stream at the pond, at the duck pond, and people asked me, and I did get a little, um, I did get a little um, snippy. Uh, they asked me, "Duty Ron, what's your thoughts on this? Is Brian Laundry alive or is he dead?" And I said it. I'm actually going to show it here. I said at the 14-minute mark of that video, you can go back and watch it. I believe in my heart and in my my investigative skills and my intuition my detective's intuition i felt he wasn't alive and i said that then and i said it from back in the beginning uh but this attorney you know he has every right to say what he wants to say and defend his clients but his clients smell like and i'll, I'll leave it at that let's let the rest of this play because it's almost over yeah the anchors sit there and allow people to come out and spew whatever they want. The anchors are the police of what people can right. say. Freedom of speech. So that's that's what I want people to I understand. To know. I'm gonna make that so, clear. I'm gonna make that clear that you're frustrated by that. No. And that they're yeah. I'm sure I'm not the first person. Yeah, yeah. Sure I'm not the first person to be frustrated. Yeah, no, stay right there just for a second. What thirty more seconds. 
three more seconds. Um, so, all right. Uh, anything else about your, I mean. I love that she said, stay right there. I want 30 more seconds. I, I like this girl, whoever she is. I'd like to, I'd like to buy her a drink. She's awesome. They, they must, did they feel this was coming? I mean, did they, uh, I mean, I guess over the last 24 hours, they felt that this was going to be the news they were going to get. You know, that question obviously has to be asked, and the answer is yes. You know, we talked about it. You know, it, you used the term surprise. It's not a surprise. You know, as the weeks went by, this was something that we, I have used the term. It wasn't unthought of. We discussed it. We thought that this might be the end result. But at the very end, when it hits home, you know, it, it doesn't make it much easier. No note. He did not leave a note. We don't know what was in the backpack what was in the dry bag other than they were items. Chris didn't sort through that. Um, I keep hearing that there was a notebook. Perhaps there was a notebook. What was in that notebook, whether it was notes from the trip that uh, Brian and Gabby had shared, I don't know. Whether there was anything additional, I haven't been told. Um, as I said to someone earlier this evening, there are loose ends that need to be tied up. There are things that need to be wrapped up between laundries, myself, law enforcement, um, and perhaps somewhere down the road, you know, conversations with, uh, with the Petitos as well. When all said and done, that's not the time. Right now is not the time. One last thing, because it just dawned on me. You, at the very beginning of this, they said they feared that he may have injured himself. Is that an accurate statement? I'm trying to His, think back. Brian was not, and, and you were the person who I interviewed with on September 14th. Yes. And, you know, I said on that day that this was tragic, you know, that two families were, were grieving. Chris and Roberta knew that their, their son, Brian, was, was grieving. They knew he was so upset and, you know, they just couldn't control that he was leaving and he left. He walked out the door and Chris has said to me, I wish I could have stopped them, but I couldn't. You know, he's 22 years old. He's walking out the door. Um, so, yeah, they, they suspected that uh, he may have hurt himself. And whether or not that's confirmed, you know, remains to be seen. Do you want to talk any more about that conversation they had right before he left no. the house? Okay. okay. Thank you so much. All right. So <clears throat> that was the wrap on that. Let me just let me just pause this. Hold on a second. All right. Now, New York's number one. We don't want that. All right. So drawing it back in. Um, you know, this reporter did a great job at keeping him there for that additional 60 seconds, and I commend her for it. She, she was awesome. Um, she was being aggressive because she wanted to get a few more questions out to, um, to Bertolino. Uh, again, you know, we saw him do an interview, and I'm not going to play it because, I mean, we've all seen it. Um, he did an interview where he stated that Brian was in mourning and he said that it was before the recovery of Gabby Petito. I think he, he was, they were talking about the 13th and the 14th. Uh, everybody's talking. It, it turned into a whirlwind, um, you know, conversation. Everybody was talking about Bertolino, uh, having a slip and saying, Hey, Brian is in mourning and he left. He left it because he was in mourning. Um, by a show of hands, who, who feels that that was a legitimate slip up? Because he makes a rebuttal to that and says that he was talking about mourning with the um, with the potato uh, with the laundry family before that, 
we're talking about Gabby, and he turned the whole thing around. Uh, he said grieving. Okay, same thing. Grieving, mourning, whatever, whatever, whatever it is, it's the same thing. Um, so grieving, mourning, one and the same. Who believes that story? Do you think it was a legitimate slip-up, or do you feel that it was something um, that came out that was what the conversation was? I, I, I tend to believe that he, he made that slip-up um, knowing that that conversation, that that was what was said. I don't buy it. I don't buy his bag of goods, but that's just me. Ed has returned. How yes. are you, bro? What happened? Uh, Jersey Shore Internet crashed. Right, so you're on your cell phone then, huh? Yeah, I'm on my cell phone now. Okay. All right. So you got good cellular data. That works. Um, what did you think of the end of that where the reporter told him, hey, hang out. I want 30 more seconds. She actually took a minute with him. How did you feel about that? Did you see that part or were you off? Uh, I guess I was off. But, yeah. uh, and so she held him there. She held him there and asked a couple of more questions. She really didn't get much out of him. So. Okay. Um, so I, I guess you might need a little more time to set that up and put it up on a, a thing you want, you want me to eat up a little bit of time and just chat and show a little bit more media and you want to, or do you, cause I know it looks like you're just holding the phone, right? Yeah, I'm just holding it. Um, uh, so, <laughs> okay. Well, if, if you want to give your uh, right and left hand a good workout, we got another 20 minutes to talk. So, um, it's up to you. If you want, we can come back, uh, no big deal. I have a little bit, a little bit more media. I'm going to wait, and let Ed get set up. Um, let me just, let me just grab another link that I had here of an interview with um, uh, Bertolino. I have it set up and queued up. Here it is, Bertolino on Banfield. Let's just take a peek at this. Um, I'm going to play the. Uh, back with Mr. Bertolino, uh, the laundry's lawyer. Um, Hold on a second. Let me let me cue this up for you guys. Hold on. Here comes a little Banfield. Uh, back with Mr. Bertolino, uh, the laundry's lawyer. Um, Stephen, th there's a critical question here. I have two minutes left until the end of the show, but I, I must get you on the record on this. You told me at the beginning of the show that you spoke with the laundry family together on the 12th and the 13th. Of September, that Sunday and Monday, and he went for his walk on the Monday. Um, but if you spoke with all three of them together, there is no privilege, and and you know that as a lawyer. So what did Brian say about what? So she's talking about if they spoke with them all together, the attorney private the attorney client privilege is not is not in place. So let's just hear what he says to this. What happened to Gabby Petito on that Sunday. There's a critical question here. I have two minutes left until the end of the show, but I, I must get you on the record on this. You told me at the beginning of the show that you spoke with the laundry family together on the 12th and the 13th of September, that Sunday and Monday, and he went for his walk on the Monday. Um, but if you spoke with all three of them together, there is no privilege. And, and you know that as a lawyer. So what did Brian say about what happened to Gabby Petito on that Sunday and that Monday before he left for the swamp? Okay, so Ashley, if you heard what I said, I had multiple conversations with the laundries. I had private conversations with Chris, private conversations with uh, Brian, and I had conversations with Chris and Roberta, 
and I had conversations with them together. You know, I know these people. Some of parts of the conversations when they were all together had nothing to do with attorney-client privilege. And a when lot you to do were together, what did up. he tell you? Because there's no privilege when you're all together talking. And you did say on this program that you did have conversations both days with them all together as a family meeting. What did they tell you? Because that isn't privileged. I disagree. I think, you know, I, you can represent multiple clients, as you know. You can get waivers of representation, as you know. No, you so, can't. You can't have that conversation in criminal proceedings and that she is correct here, folks. I looked this up. She is correct. That does mean that the, the privilege is waived. You can do it in real estate. And, you know, gosh, will you come back on Monday? I have 22 seconds. You know, no, you so can't. You can't have that presentation. As you know, you can get waivers of representation. As you know, no, you so can't. You can't have that conversation in criminal proceedings. You see how his chest goes down? He's like, oh, watch. Watch his chest here. You get waivers of representation, as you know. No, you so, can't. You can't have that conversation in criminal proceedings, and that, <laughs> that does mean that the, the privilege is waived. You could do it in real estate. And, you know, gosh, will you come back on Monday? I have 22 seconds left until the black cutoff of this. You can do it in real estate, but you can't do it in a criminal uh, proceeding or, you know, as a defense attorney. That was That was great. I love her program happens but i have not finished my conversation with you mr berlina would you come back monday i don't think that's possible so i don't think that's possible no thank you he said no thank you all right uh, i think ed is back with us let's see if he's got it all together i know he does because i got full and total confidence in um ed wallace there he is bam excellent hi ed um all right so yeah that looks good um so what did you think uh, Banfield, she really cornered him and she actually told him, no, you are not covered under that attorney prior, prior client privilege when you have a conversation together. So, um, on the criminal law, and then she spanked him with, uh, you can do it in real estate, but not in criminal law. Right. Exactly. That was an embarrassing interview for him. And it was 45 minutes long. I have the long version of it. Uh, and it's quite good. So I'm going to suggest that everybody goes over and checks out that full episode on Banfield. Um, let me see how many minutes it is total. I think it was like 45, 40, 45 minutes. Um, yeah, 44 minutes. So it, it would be definitely worth your while to go over and check that out on uh, Banfield. And you guys could see it. Um, just do a search for, uh, for him and her. Um, so again, what's your thoughts on how this whole thing went down, uh, at the end of that search that day in a matter of, oh, um, under an hour, we had items recovered that was breaking news. And then within that hour, we had human remains and the coroner report, uh, uh notified. You told me, Hey Ron, I reached out to some people that I know and I talked to boom, Sarasota's on their way. We got confirmation even before the news broke it, but I waited, I waited, and sure enough, the, the, the coroner was there. How coincidental is that? How odd is that for that to, to go down? And is it, you know, it, it's possible that this all went down without any type of, without any type of, um, you know, funny business going on? Because I don't think the police are in the business of letting people plant evidence or letting people lead them. As a matter of fact, I can talk about this uh, strongly, and so can you. We, we like to solve cases on our own. We don't want 
the parents of uh, a person that is on the run to be recovered by the parent, right? I mean, that's absolutely. absolutely. It's just total. It's a total embarrassment. Uh, what what transpired? Um, so yeah, yeah. I I just can't uh, tell you. Um, you know, they get there. Okay, so they're going to start where they recovered the car from. Okay, that's reasonable. I get that. Okay, this is where his car was. This is where they went and picked that car up. They know that he likes to go here. This is where they went in. Now, the park is reopened. I don't know if they knew or didn't know if the waters had receded. Um, I don't know if they voiced their uh, concerns uh, to the FBI that maybe you guys should go back there now since the water has receded and research these areas or whatever. But they knew where their son liked to go in that area, and apparently that's where they went first thing. Right, exactly. They, I mean, they pinpointed there. They went straight. I mean, it, it seemed to me, and I saw a couple of different angles of this. It looked like Chris, the father, went off to one era, area, and the mom just went walking straight uh, in one of the clips. And he was, you saw his pant leg was wet all the way up to his kneecaps mm -hmm. so um in that in that video it looked like he knew exactly where they were going and it's alleged and the response to it is that the father said this is where we told them uh um, brian was when they summons the the mustang uh, but the water went up so high uh, that they weren't able to search that so when it receded they went back and searched and the parents brought them directly to that location because I looked at footage because I didn't take their word for it. And I looked at the earlier footage and I said, there it is. They were searching right in that area early on in this, uh, when this all started. You're good there. You're good where you are, Ed. Okay. So yeah, they, they searched that area, in fact, early on in this case when it first started, but it was on the Oh, Jesus, Ed. That was a disaster. What I'm sorry about that. The, uh... <laughs> all right. Ed, Ed is going to work it out. We're going to get him back on when he gets that all to put together. Um, uh, Ed, that was fun. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> Did you crack your screen again for the third time? No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. All right. So Rachel uh, Rachel Dixon sends in a $10 super chat. She says, Mr. B said in an interview, Banfield and WFLA, that Chris – and Roberta went search where when Brian Laundry went missing. The next night, the next, the night, next day, next Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Chris said the water was waist deep. How did Brian get in there? You know, uh, again, a good question. Uh, and thank you for that super chat. You know, if he, let's just say he met his demise before the water came up and then water came up after he was already passed away. Is it, there's a good chance that his body was taken by that water and moved several yards, several hundred yards or several hundred feet. We don't know. Nobody knows. And, and that's what's making this really confusing is that we don't know where was he dragged by wildlife? Was he taken by various different wildlife? So we can go through all the different species that are in that uh, reserve. Um, you know, who knows? And that's the big question here. And that's the big piece of, of the puzzle that we don't have answers to. But I could tell you this, it, I would say with extreme certainty, he was not 
in that place where he met his maker, whether he did it himself, whether an animal killed him, whether he was attacked by alligators or whatever you want to say. Uh, I would say the recovery spot where the remains were, the, the skeletal remains, were not exactly where he uh, took his last breath. I, I, I could say that with pretty extreme certainty. What do you think, Ed? That's a possibility. It definitely is a possibility. Um, I mean, he was out there for quite some time, and you know, we don't know exactly when he did it, but the I'm surmising, based on the state of uh, the skeletal remains, that he had been dead for um, soaring prices, mass shortages, some time, maybe uh, three to four weeks, uh, or whatever, a um, couple of weeks, maybe to to uh, underwater submerge to have that kind of um, uh, decomposition occur so fast. And I got to ask you, and this is a pressing question that a lot of people have. This thing is bothering me, man. This this bandage is so thick. Um, I got to ask you, it's a, a pressing question. How confident with odonto odontology and the dental um, confirmation? I know we had Larry on with us um, just the other night with Barbara Butcher. Uh, how confident are you that we have 100% positive on the skull or the the, the partial skull remains and dental uh, with a positive ID on, I mean, forensics and crime scene is your specialty. How, yeah. how, how confident are you on the, on that, the positive uh, recovery? I'm a hundred percent positive that they, they made the, the right uh, call there. Um, I don't think the FBI would have released that information if there was any doubt in their findings they then, if they didn't trust the uh, odontologist that did the comparison, they would have waited for the uh, DNA results to come. And yeah, people um, are caught up on the DNA, Ed. Everyone, uh, not just coming. in the chat. It, it's coming. It's not as if it's not coming. It, it, it was done, and it will, um, it, it'll be used as a checks and balance against the dental. Right. You know, because that's what people are saying. Until we hear from the DNA, uh, or until we get the DNA, we, we don't feel that the dent dental uh, identification is uh, is good enough. And, but we heard uh, Dr. Larry tell us that that dental confirmation is 100%. I asked him. I mean, right? Am I wrong with that? Or I asked him that. Yeah, I mean, you get the you get the anti-mortem um, dental records from his dentist. And, uh, you know, you look for cavities, you look for root canals, you look for things that were done to his teeth and he had some um, possible some unique teeth in, in, in terms of uh, the teeth's position, the tooth or the teeth positions and rotations of certain teeth um, that again, it's more of an individualistic type evidence as opposed to a class characteristic evidence. Um, so it's pretty similar to identifying uh, fingerprints, uh, uh, footwear, uh, impressions, tire impressions, things of that nature. Yeah. So, I mean, again, you know, folks are picking up in, in, in the middle of the chat here and they're, they're not getting it, you know, they're not getting it straight from like, if you're not on live chat, you're going to be listening to something from in the past. So I'm seeing in the comments, some of the people are listening to the show from in the past. So I think on my next live stream, I'm actually going to take that feature out where people can scroll back and watch. Uh, I want to make it so you have to watch like right here and now. But dental records and dental um, uh, confirmation on human remains is 100%. Okay. And in, in addition, thank you so much, Foggy Morn, for the super sticker. Appreciate the $20. Um, in addition to that, we further asked the 
forensics odontologist. We asked Larry, Dr. Larry, if they could get DNA from the teeth. And he said, yes, right? From the pulp. Yes, you can get it from the pulp. So the pulp of teeth, whether you have yes. one tooth or all 31, right? Right, all you need is one, that's right. All you need is one, and uh, we got that confirmation. I trust the science. I trust what um, uh, these experts have said. And Ed, um, for those of you who don't know, Ed is a retired NYPD detective, first grade. That's the highest grade detective. Not many reach that level of, uh, of grade of detective on the New York City Police Department. He worked in the medical examiner's office. He was a uh, crime scene and um, evidence collection forensic specialist. Everything under the sun when it comes to this type of investigation, Ed did it on the national stage in the largest police department in the United States. So um, when we get guests from Ed, uh, you can trust the, you, the information is solid. It is not BS. And the FBI is not in the business of trying to fudge records and try to create uh, things. So we're giving it to you as best we can. In 15 minutes, we're going to have to prepare for this. In about 15 minutes, Ed and I will be live with criminal defense attorney Joe Murray on a members-only live stream. So I'm encouraging you guys to go over and become a member and join us and join the candid conversation that we're going to have. This one, we're going to be able to let our hair down a little bit because we're going to be able to talk without YouTube censoring us and YouTube's um, uh, policy on cursing and things of that nature. So we're going to be able to let it go a little bit on uh, the members-only live stream. And you too um, can join us. I'm going to put the uh, link in the chat. If you guys want to join, if somebody wants to join, I'm going to let five people, five I'm going, to, I'm going to say it again. Five people can join right now and ask questions related to Brian Laundrie's remains and the recovery, the dental, and the forensics. That's it. We're not going to talk about anything else. So I'm going to put that link in the chat right now. Um, and we are going to invite some of you folks to come on and ask questions. Five folks, actually. Here we go. Thank you for becoming a member. Hey, Ron. Yes. I saw something in the chat, and I want to um, get some clarification. Okay, um, somebody wrote. Uh, it looked like they were trying to paraphrase me, and when I said that the press are not free speech police, okay, all they wrote is the press is not free speech, comma. I mean, a question mark. Um, and then there was some uh, a comment that was made afterwards. And um, I'd like to get some clarification from the person that wrote that and what they were actually trying to say. Okay, if they could come back, sometimes people might just be, you know, and if you're joining, you have to enable your audio and your video. I'm not gonna add anybody without video. So if you join without video, I'm gonna just remove you. Um, so there's one, you're gonna be get five people with, uh, Lady Compressi, uh, you're up. So come on over to the video. There she goes. She's getting ready. Um, welcome in. Thank you for joining. Hi. Hey. Good to have you. What's your question? Where are you watching from? Um, watching from Yukon, uh, uh, Oklahoma. Nice. And the question I have uh, basically about the laundries, um, how do I put it? Um, I feel like I feel like they were not given the best 
advice from their attorney and why wasn't anybody else trying to maybe help them get through this? I mean, not talking to anybody and not doing any of this. I would think that it's not the right appropriate thing to do. I mean, any person with basic common sense would know that staying quiet the entire time is not the appropriate thing. I, I agree, uh, Lady Compressi. Um, you know, again, it's their choice to hire and retain whatever counsel they want. And they were they felt comfortable with Mr. Bertolino. Uh, I wouldn't have felt comfortable with it. And I wouldn't have taken that advice and let my son and everybody be quiet. I, I personally right. wouldn't have done that. So I agree with you on that. Ed, what's your thoughts on that, Ed? No, I agree 100%. She's spot on. She, she, they were not represented um, appropriately by this attorney. And they were given, um, uh, in my opinion, uh, not. They were given bad advice by the attorney. Yeah, I mean, he sold them a bag of goods that I wouldn't buy for any price. If it was on eBay for free, I wouldn't have bought it. Anyways, no. thank you, lady, for joining. I got four more people to get to. Love and respect from Duty Ron. Thank you. Thank you. Bye bye. All right. Up next is Heidi Zip. I'm I'm happy to have her because she's always active in the chat. She's always active in the conversation after the chat, and I'm honored to have her on. Heidi, how are you? I'm good, Duty. Thank you. It's actually a pleasure to actually meet you for once. Excellent. Over yeah. this. <laughs> Tell everybody where you're watching. But, where are you watching? Uh, you know, you don't have to say. Well, exactly I live outside. I live outside of Toronto. It's called okay. Troy, Ontario. Nice. But it's like a little, I'm um, out in the country. Okay. A good life. What's your question? But my question is like, what is your really opinion on the parents? Because I think there's something fishy with them. I do. I agree. Uh, I'll answer that first. Just your my, opinion. My opinion on the parents is, is no parent that I would be friends with or that I would know would do something like that. I don't know anybody who would act in that fashion. Uh, when it comes to, I've said this many times on my live streams, Heidi, if you have someone living in your home, I don't care if it's a girl or a, or a guy, uh, if my son yeah. comes home with, a, with a, a significant other and she says, and he says, dad, she wants to move in with us and she's living in my home for two years, I don't even care if it's a month and she is not accounted for, I am, and maybe it's because of my law enforcement background, I am raising the roof. I told and you, Duty, my dad and my grandfather were both police officers. There you go. Both so I agree them. with you. I'm, I'm limited to time because in 10 minutes I got to do a members-only live stream. But Okay, I, no, no problem. So I got to run, Heidi. I love it. I love that you called in. I love that you uh, answered the question, asked that question. And you could, we'll do I it again. I got my PJ top on. I wish I was more ready for this. You're all, <laughs> it's it's all got good. me off guard. It's all fun. Thank you, Heidi. Thank you, Heidi. See you soon. Bye. Bye. All right, that was Heidi Zip. Awesome. I love it. Um, who's next? Uh, Terry Holmes. Terry, where are you watching from? I am in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. Excellent. Uh, I love your show. I found you only about a week ago. Awesome. I did get the opportunity to watch uh, Barb and um, Dr. Larry. Dr. Larry. Yeah. Yes, awesome. it was awesome. It was absolutely I'm glad you wonderful. enjoyed it. Yes. So my, the, the main thought that I had was right from the beginning when he showed up without Gabby, why wasn't there a 
a way to bring them in for questioning or I, I mean, I've heard that they needed more evidence or, or, you know, to question them or, I mean, because they're silent, but he showed up without her. She's missing. Explain to me why we couldn't have, you know, brought them in for, for questioning and, and get answers. Excellent question. Ed, I'll let you take that. Well, um, they got a lawyer and they invoked their, um, their rights. Uh, and it, at that point, it was a missing persons case. Um, and so they can't be forced to um, give a statement. You have the right to remain silent. And that's part of our constitution. That's part of our. It's a hard pill to swallow, but it is all right. You're right. It, it sure is. Yeah. And, I, um, and that's what made us all frustrated. Yeah. Unfortunately, I have a son who was um, killed by a hit and run uh, a few years ago. And, uh, you know, there were some instances like that that happened yeah. in, in our case as well. We've never found that to spend seven years. So Terry. I was just wondering why, what the. Yeah. You know? so, so sorry to hear about the loss of your son, Terry. So sending you strength yeah, prayers you. and positive vibes. Thank you for your question. Thanks. We're going to move on to the next. We're almost done. Thank you, Terry. Thank you so much. Hey, guys, and remember, join our members-only live stream uh, in uh, about 10 minutes or less. Actually, 10 minutes. Members-only live stream, it's scheduled. So if you become a member, you can go join in on the conversation. Criminal defense attorney Joe Murray will be there. He will be joining us at 3 p.m. Amy D., are you ready? Amy, where are you watching from, and what's your question? Oh, I'm watching from uh, New Hampshire. Nice. And um, I don't know. I don't know if I have a question or maybe just a comment. Um, okay. Go for it. To me, it seems like now that we've heard a lot from the lawyer that that I feel like there's a lot of lying going on. Um, so maybe, right? yes. Yeah, that maybe like um, my theory is is that maybe when they went camping, they went uh, dropped Brian off. That was back like I think on the sixth or something like that, and then uh, they when um, I'm I'm losing my train of thought, but um, oh. I think the dad maybe drove the Mustang out uh, to uh, the reserve and um, maybe um, that's why when they were surveilling Brian that they didn't know that he was gone. Does any of that make sense? I mean, look, anything's possible here, and we keep saying that because really we don't know. We don't have access to the case file. And, Amy, because we don't have access to the case file, we're all just – trying to come up with the analogies of what what could have happened and we could do this all day long and rack our heads against the wall but the bottom line is is we're all frustrated because we're not going to get the answers now because the prime suspect and i don't call him a person of interest i never did i always called him the prime suspect he's dead and um now we won't get any answers and that's the shitty part about it oh i should have believed that <laughs> All right, after the fact, I believed it. Amy, thank you for joining. I got one more, and then we got to go live at three for members only. So love and respect from me and Ed. I appreciate the question. Thank you. See ya. All right, the next next person joining is a fan favorite. This is 12-Step Woman. She's going to have a lot to say because I know she always 
speaks our mind. 12-step woman, welcome. Tell us where you're watching from and what's your question. There she is. Hi, I'm -step. from outside Toledo, Ohio. Hey. And my Wi-Fi is spotty, so I hope I'm coming through. I you just are. wanted to point out something. <laughs> when the laundries, I mean, when the petite family and the soldiers, when Gabby's parents, all four of them, tried to contact the laundries, they were concerned for Brian as well. They weren't calling them just to ask about Gabby where she is. They were worried about both the kids. So I don't know if everyone is aware of that. 12 step. A lot of people and lost just, lost track of that. So good. That's good. That's good that you just pointed that out. They were concerned because any good person, any good family would be concerned for both parties. And they, the laundries did not have any concern for Gabby Petito. They were engaged. They, of course they would be. Yeah, exactly. So very good point. So uh, I know you're pressed for time. I just wanted to point that out. I will see you in the membership club. Thank you, 12-step. Love and respect, Thank as always. Thank you for having me. Bye. Thank you for being a member. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So that's awesome. 12 step is always, always in all of the chats and in the comment section. All right, guys, we're going to end this. We're going to segue over to our members only. If you haven't become a member, consider becoming a member. I think the lowest tier is $2.99. If you stayed with that for 30, um, for 30 days, it would cost you three bucks. And also if you stayed with it for a year and paid up front, I think they give you 40% off and it's less than $34 for a whole year. So consider becoming a member. And we'll see you with criminal defense attorney Joe Murray, myself, and first-grade detective Ed Wallace from the crime scene. We're going to continue this conversation for 30 minutes on a, on a members-only live stream.